Welcome to Episode 7 of Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church and producer of this series. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. In Episode 4, I reviewed the five common literary characteristics of the seven letters, if you have not already viewed episode 2, which is a primer on numerology and revelation, I urge you to do so since understanding how John used numerology is critical to understanding this series of programs on revelation. The sixth letter is addressed to the church at Philadelphia, located 30 miles from Sardis. It was the youngest of the seven churches. Philadelphia was named after the brother of the founder of Pergamos, based upon the Greek word for brotherly love, philia. The ruins of Philadelphia lie near the modern-day Turkish city of Alashier. It is often called, based on the text, the Faithful Church. Here is chapter 3, verses 7 to 13 illustrated with two modern photographs of the ruins at Philadelphia, the first including sheep grazing in the ruins, and the second an image of two of the only three remaining massive stone bases which supported the central dome of the Basilica of St. John at Philadelphia. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The letter to the church at Philadelphia is the second letter in a row to use a verse from the prophet Isaiah, but the only one to invoke Isaiah's prophecy concerning the key of David. In this opening greeting, Jesus is not only the one who is holy and the one who is true, but the one who holds the key of David. Jesus alluded to the key of David in his encounter with the Pharisees, recounted in Matthew 12, verse 52, 
accusing the Pharisees of keeping the people from the, quote, key of knowledge. Isaiah wrote, The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and no one shall shut, and he shall shut and no one shall open. That's Isaiah 22, verse 22. The illustration is an 11th century mosaic of Isaiah's virgin birth prophecy at the Neomoni Monastery, Chios, Greece. The phrase, the key of David, in Latin, based on St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible, is translated as clavis David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens, as used in the traditional O Antiphon service for Advent since the 12th century. You can read the full text of the O Antiphon service in the AIC publication, Occasional Services for Anglican Worship, as the greeting continues with another revelation of divine power, I know your works, the open-shut terminology is used again in verse 8, in which Jesus lays claim to control over the open door, which he says remains open for those who, quote, have kept my word and have not denied my name. The assessment of the situation at Philadelphia includes another reference to a synagogue of Satan, which I discussed in episode 5 concerning the letter to the church at Smyrna in chapter 2, verse 9. It adds the accusation that these Jews tell lies. Some scholars argue that the concept of Jesus holding open the door might also refer to a welcoming of Christians who were excommunicated from the synagogues by the Jews at Philadelphia. The open door image appears again in more fully developed form in the letter to the church at Laodicea, which I discuss in episode 8. One of the phrases used in most Western translations of the Bible includes the statement that the Jews at Philadelphia will be made to, quote, come and worship before your feet. In the Greek manuscripts of Revelation, the phrase is translated to say that Jews will be made to come and, quote, show homage before their feet. This is a case in which the NKJV editor's choice of worship is misleading. Traditional doctrine for both Jews and Christians, based upon the first commandment, is that the faithful worship only God and not other human beings or idols. As we will see later in Revelation, John himself is rebuked twice by an angel for falling down before him as if to worship. Do not do that, the angels say in Revelation 19 verse 10 and again in 22, verses 8 and 9. The corrective action for the Philadelphians is a command to persevere, found in verse 10. This is solid traditional Christian doctrine, that Christians must uphold their faith even under adversity. The term hour of trial is a term taken from the apocalyptic writings of Daniel in his vision of the end times in Daniel 12, verse 2, and is developed more fully by John in later chapters of Revelation. 
In the early church, the expectation was that the second coming would be soon, as in Jesus saying, I am coming quickly. The Greek word which describes his coming again in the near future is parousia. Christian doctrine is that the second coming will happen in God's time, not earthly time, and the faithful must be ready for it whenever it comes. In the letter to the church at Philadelphia, the one who overcomes, an expression used in several of the earlier letters and which is used again in the letter to Laodicea, they received a promise in verse 12, a place as a, quote, pillar in the temple of my God. Upon these faithful will be written the name of God and the name of the new Jerusalem, a reference to the heaven and heavenly kingdom to come. John refers to the coming of the new Jerusalem in more detail in Revelation chapter 21. This image is similar to the words on the headband worn by the Hebrew priest, worthy to the Lord. In the Christian community, the common people, or in modern terms, the laity of the church are given a place of honor in the church along with the clergy. Taken together, verses 10 through 12 in the summary mean the same thing as saying, as Jesus did earlier in Revelation in the letter to the church at Sardis in chapter 3, verse 4, that the names of the faithful will be written in the book of life. The phrase, my new name, in verse 12 refers to the name of Jesus Christ after the second coming, that is, the one who holds the key of David, spoken of in verse 7, the one who shuts and no one can open, the one who opens and no one can shut. Thank you for joining me for episode 7. Next time, in episode 8, the focus will be on the final letter addressed to the church at Laodicea and some summary observations about the message of the seven letters in the context of the book of Revelation. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode include from the AIC Christian Education video series, The Great O Antiphons, celebrating the final seven days in Advent. In the episode for December 21st, the key words are O Clavis David, or Key of David. From the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, second series, St. Jerome of Jerusalem, translator of the Bible from Greek into Latin, celebrated on September 30th, is the focus of episode 24. In the companion Book to this series, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, presented in 214 pages with 52 illustrations, 51 of them from the Bamberg Apocalypse. The letter to the church at Philadelphia is found in chapter 3, illustrated on page 38. St. John's later references to the New Jerusalem are found in chapter 21 and illustrated on page 174. In the writing prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, quoted in the discussion of Revelation 3, verse 7, 
is discussed and illustrated in Part 2, Chapter 1, on pages 13 to 20, with discussion of his prophecy concerning the rod from the stem of Jesse on pages 16 to 17. The prophet Daniel is discussed and illustrated in Part 2, Chapter 4, pages 37 to 58, with the prophecy of the Ancient of Days on pages 45 to 46, and the prophecy of the glorious man on page 49, and a text box, Theophanies, Images of Christ and God the Father, on page 47. In Layman's Lexicon, a handbook of scriptural, theological, and liturgical terms, key words of interest for this episode are parousia, second coming, tribulation, and worship. In occasional services for Anglican worship mentioned earlier, the full text of a shorter version of the Great O Antiphons is found on pages 23 to 27. The key to accessing everything produced by the Anglican Internet Church is available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net where we've made it easier for you to learn about Christian education, doctrine, worship, and study using your preferred way of learning. You can watch our Bible study, Christian education, and seasonal video series using the links on either the digital library or Bible study pages. If you prefer listening, you can listen to the podcast versions of any of our videos using the links on the podcast archive page or to our podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer using the links on the podcast homilies page. If you prefer written works, you can access any of the 17 AIC bookstore publications all but one available in both paperback and Kindle editions using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page or directly using my Amazon Author Central page https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen e hyphen Shibley. Everything after .com must be in lowercase letters. I also invite you to subscribe to my blog page at www.anglicaninternetchurch, accessible through the Father Ron's blog tab at the top or the bottom of any page on the site. By clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend, you'll be invited to register your email address and receive notice of all new postings. Please be assured that we do not share subscriber information with any other organization, and you can ask for the removal of your address at any time. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.